Good morning. Great to see you and uh, great to be with you this morning and to be able to share with you from God's Word today. Um, We have been reading from the book of the Psalms in the Old Testament and this uh, collection of songs of the people of Israel and thinking about the theme of blessing uh, these last couple of weeks. So two weeks ago, Beck talked about uh, Psalm 1 and how to experience the blessing of God through hearing his word. And then last week we uh, heard from Psalm 40 and the way God blesses people by rescuing them, responding to our cries and saving us. And uh, today we're thinking a bit more about this idea of blessing. One of the things that we're doing as we uh, read the Psalms is learning the words to say. And if you're a parent or if you are in education or if you're in training uh, if you're a songwriter, say, or a poet, pretty much actually anything that you might do in your life where you're involved with other people and kind of bringing them along and helping them is that you're teaching them the words to say. You're helping them to learn the words, to learn how to speak the language that will help you uh, to express yourself, to be in relationship with others and so on. And it's a difficult and terrible situation, actually, to be in a situation where you don't have the words that you need. So you might think about the tantrum of a a one-and-a-half-year-old or two-year-old. What's going on there? Well, often what is happening there is that the child feels something but has no way of expressing it apart from going berserk because they haven't got the words. And so they need to learn the words in order to be able to you know, be part of normal society. And uh, this is actually happening all through our lives, not just when we're really little. Of course, we're still, we're still always learning the words that we need. And you will have probably had that experience of hearing a song or reading a poem, hearing a song and go, for the first time and going, that's how I feel. That, that cap- I've never been able to put it into words and that person, that poet, that songwriter has captured, and now I know how to express it. And if this is true in relationships among human beings, of course, this is also true, even more so, with relationship with God. Because we're learning to relate to someone who is different from us in many ways, and which kind of requires a new way of relating in some ways, and we need to learn the words. And of course, the words and the concepts that go along with that help us to be in a relationship with God. So one of the things that the Psalms do is that they give, they give us the words, they help us, they set the agenda for our relationship with God by giving us the words and the concepts to be able to relate to God and to relate to God actually in a real person-to-person way. We learn through the Psalms what is important to God and what should be important to us. We learn what a relationship with God is about and how to talk to God. And so... Uh, let's have a look at this song in your book that's there on page five if you could open it up that would be great Uh, and we'll just look at it together and initially first impressions I think would be that this is this song addressed uh, about God and to God is a selfish kind of song Uh, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us this song is a song asking for God to bless, asking for God to be good to us. 
And, uh, well, what in particular is the song asking for? That God be gracious to us. That is, that God not treat us as we deserve, uh, but rather that God freely give to us, not because we deserve some kind of reward, but just out of his own goodness and kindness to us. So last week we saw Psalm 40. God's great way of being gracious to us is to lift us up out of the pit, to rescue us from our terrible situation. But here is a general prayer uh, asking for God to be kind, to be gracious to us, and beyond that, to bless us. And this word blessing is a word which means speaking positively about someone and about their future. Now, when I, if I was to bless you and say, uh, look, I think you're fantastic, I think you would make a fantastic CEO or something like that, well, that would just be my opinion and my word, my blessing towards you might not carry very much weight because I know nothing about being a CEO and so I'm really just guessing. But when God speaks positively about someone and their future, his words are powerful and, they, they're, and effective and actually achieve something. So asking for God's blessing is asking for God's favour in such a way that God speaks positively about you and those things come to pass. The specific blessing that the people singing this song, the people writing this song had in mind, we find out right at the end there in verse 6, uh, it says that the land yields its harvest. The specific thing that they're actually praying about when they're asking for God to bless them and be good to them is that they would have a good harvest. And of course, for people living in uh, an agrarian society, very much depended, dependent on each harvest, uh, living from year to year most of the time, uh, this is a very heartfelt prayer. Please, God, be good to us. Give us a good harvest so that we'll have food for the coming year. That's the kind of blessing that they have in mind. And the song goes on and say and says, may God make his face shine upon us. And these words come from earlier on in the Bible, from uh, the words that God gave to the priests, to Aaron and his descendants, to say to bless the people of Israel. Uh, God, God said that they should say this to, over the people of Israel, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So this image of God looking and turning his face to someone is God giving his attention to people in a positive way. God giving his attention to people in order to bless them and be good to them. So the opposite image in the Bible is of God turning his face away, of God not looking at you, of God disregarding you. And so this, this is a prayer echoing those words of blessing from Numbers chapter 6, uh, asking God, to look at the people of Israel in, in that positive way, with favour. So the whole idea here is that the people of Israel are living in God's promised land. He has rescued them out of their slavery in Egypt. He's brought them into his promised land. And now they are asking that God would bless them and be good to them, just as he promised that he would. Well, what do we kind of immediately learn just from the fact of the existence of this prayer this song in the Bible? Well, basically, it means that it's okay to pray for God's blessing in your life. In fact, it's not just okay, but God wants you to. God wants you to pray for his blessing in your life. Now, sometimes when we talk about prayer, someone will caution 
people along these kind of lines, uh, it's really important that your prayers not just be shopping list prayers, that you don't just come to God with a whole list of things that you want him to do for you. And that we need a variety of prayers in our life and there should be praise and thanksgiving and confession and lament, expressing our sadness to God about things in our life or the things that are going on in the world and so on. And you will see, of course, that there's that variety of prayer in our service as we meet together on a Sunday. So yes, of course this is true. There should be a variety in our prayers and we should be doing more than just asking God for stuff. But actually, it's worth saying that God really does want you to do that. And if you want to do that, if there are things that you want to ask God for, blessings that you want to seek from God, then it would actually just be better to go ahead and do it rather than, say, feeling like you need to kind of butter God up a bit by spending a bit of time praising him and thanking him. Have you ever done this? You know, okay, how long do I have to keep up this thanksgiving before I can really get to what I want to say to God? Well, actually, it would be better not to do that, better not to fake the praising and thanking God uh, and just say what you want to say uh, because God wants to hear it. He invites us and calls us to rely on him and trust in him and seek his blessing in our lives. And in fact, blessing from God is what we were made for. Human beings were made to live under God's blessing and favour. You're only doing, when you pray for this, uh, what you were made for. When God creates human beings in the beginning, the very first thing that God does for us, towards us, is to bless us. And we, so we were made to live under that blessing. And seeking God's blessing now is just getting in touch with who you're meant to be in relation to God, someone blessed by God. So, do you pray for God's blessing in your life? Are you seeking it? Are you convinced that God actually wants to bless you and will hear your prayer? Well, the song goes on and explains a bit more about why they're asking for this blessing. And the reason is, about, is a bit surprising, I think. Let's have a look at it in verse 2 there. Uh, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations... May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The song here um, actually begins to address God directly and express what is on the heart of the people who are asking for God's blessing. Why do they want God to bless them? Well, not just for their own sake, but so that all the people of the world might find out about God and how great God is. They mentioned that they want people to understand and know about God's ways. That is, God's way of relating to his people, God's way for people to live their lives, God's way for people to have new life. They want people to know about how God does things and what, it, what it's like to be one of God's people. And they want people to know about God's salvation or his saving power. The way that God actually is a rescuer. The way that God, just as God saved the people of Israel from Egypt, uh, just as he rescued them in the Exodus, that other people might know that God is a saving God who can rescue them from their own situation as well. They want everyone in the world to know this 
and respond to God. So that it's not just them praising God, but the whole world, the whole earth, everybody everywhere praising God. What they want to see happen ultimately is worship, worldwide worship, that everyone in the world find out about how great God is. The song says that God is the ruler of the world. He rules the peoples with equity. He's fair in his judgments over the world. And he guides the nations on the earth. That is, God is already being good to the people of this world. God is already being good to more than just Israel, his people, but he's being good to everyone. Jesus said, and the heart's desire of the songwriter is that everyone get to find out about how great God is. Find out about this God who rules over the world in his providential way. To find out about his ways and his salvation as well. Well, what does this show us, first of all, about God? Um, it shows us that God wants to be known. God wants to be known. It's not God's desire to be hidden. It's not God's desire to be obscure or distant or uninvolved with the world. He knows us. He's involved in our lives. He wants people to be in relationship to him. He wants to turn his face towards people. And, of course, in the Gospel we find that part of God's purpose in sending Jesus, his son, is so that he can be known. No one has ever seen God, but God, the only son, has made him known. Secondly, it shows us that God wants to be known by everyone, by the people of all nations. He is not a God of favoritism. He loves the world and loves its people. And so whoever you are and wherever you're from and whatever you've done, God wants to be known by you and be in relationship with you. Why does Jesus send his followers to make disciples of all nations? Because God wants to be known by all the people of all the world. And so he teaches us to pray that God's name would be hallowed and God's kingdom would come. And God wants to know, be known in a specific way, way. God wants to be known for his power to save and to bless. That is, God wants his character to be known. Uh, not just that people know that God exists, but that they know that God is good. And so here is God blessing his people in order to get the attention of the world. I don't know if you've ever read uh, that novel, The Great Gatsby. It's often been on school curriculums. Uh, or maybe you've seen one of the movies of it. Uh, I actually have a real strong attachment to this because there's a photo of me when I was a kid taken on the lawn of the mansion that was used in the old Great Gatsby movie with Robert Redford. Some of you who are ancient like me or be older than me even will remember that movie. Uh, and there was a beautiful, beautiful, fantastic mansion, which is actually not in New York but in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And as a kid, I went and visited there. And so I was looking back through a family photo album and I realised there is me on the lawn of Gatsby's mansion, where all those fabulous parties took place. So I feel very positive just about the whole thing. In the story, it's a story about a rich man, a very rich man. Uh, it's a bit dubious about where his fortunes come from, but what he does is he buys this mansion and he has these fabulous parties where he just splashes enormous amounts of money and people can come to the party, they don't have to pay or anything, he just lavishes these huge parties on people 
and people come from miles around to go to the parties and the whole purpose of this extravagant generosity is to attract his long-lost love, Daisy. Is this a spoiler? It's a spoiler, sorry. (laughs) To attract his long-lost love, Daisy, just the hope that one day she might wander into one of his parties. That's what he's trying to do. And I want to say, in a way, the God that's revealed here is a bit of a Gatsby God. That is, he lavishes his blessing on his people, yes, because he loves them, but also so that others might see it and go, I want some of that. I want to know that God. I want to, I want to find out about the God who is so generous, who pours out his blessings on his people. That is what God is hoping for. That is what God is doing as he blesses his people, drawing others in so that the whole earth might know him. Well, the, the time kind of shifts in the song and we, we find out what happened later on. So this happens in the Psalms a lot, that we, we move to a different time. We find out the after uh, story. Uh, we hear the before and then we hear the after. Verse 6, the land yields its harvest or the land has yielded its harvest. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God blessed, blesses us or has blessed us. God actually answered the prayer. God responded to this request for blessing and they got the harvest that they were asking for. God has blessed them just as they requested. And here God is keeping his promises, the promises that he made to the people of Israel that if they faithfully seek him and if they don't follow other gods and if they remain his people and Follow his laws that he will bless them in this way. Let me read to you from Leviticus chapter 26 where God makes these promises to Israel. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until planting and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. I will grant you peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I'll remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. I will look on you with favour and make you fruitful and increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I'll put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. So here we see God being faithful to his promise and blessing them with a good harvest. And so they continue to ask God for good things. Verse 7, may God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Having received the blessing of God, the song then goes on to say, God, please do it again. Please continue to bless us and and so it kind of becomes a cycle that each year the people of Israel seek God's blessing and then give thanks for it. And so this song comes to be part of the songbook of Israel. It's a song that they can sing regularly at planting time or harvest time every year to remember and call on God to bless them. And so obviously this was meant to be an ongoing thing so that eventually the people of the nations around them came to know and believe in God. But as we read the story of the people of Israel, uh, that's not how it works out. 
the people of Israel don't trust God. They don't live in the way expressed in this psalm of trusting and relying on God. They actually pray to false gods for harvest and prosperity. They pray to the fertility gods to give them these things. And they no longer trust the God who made the world. And so the land was not blessed with, with great harvests. And they didn't receive the blessing of God. And the nations around them did not come to believe in the God of Israel. In fact, just the opposite happened. The people of Israel came to believe in the gods of the nations around them. And so the people of Israel were scattered. They were judged by God. Their cities were destroyed. The land was ruined. The vision of this psalm didn't come to pass in the way that they were asking. But the Bible tells us that there was one person who remained faithful to God. That there was one person who trusted and relied entirely on God. One person who deserved the blessing of God. And that that person was Jesus Christ. But something quite strange happens in the story at that point, and that's this. That this person, Jesus, who deserved God's blessing and was faithful to God, actually, instead, comes under the curse of God. That he was hanged on a tree, he died the death of a cursed person, and that he did that, he went through that, so that we could receive God's blessing. You can read about this, especially in Galatians chapter 3 in the New Testament. Jesus died the death of a cursed person so that we might be able to inherit God's blessing. And through Jesus Christ and through faith in him, we also can receive the blessing of God. People who are people of the nations, uh, people who are exactly the subject of this prayer. This prayer, Psalm 67, has been answered by God. It's been answered when people here in Melbourne put their faith in Jesus and receive the blessing of God. The people of the nations come to praise God because of what Jesus has done and come to experience the blessing of God as well. Paul in Galatians 3 says, the very heart of God's blessing for us the very centre of what God wants to, how God wants to bless us is through the gift of his Holy Spirit. God's Spirit brings us alive to God. God's Spirit helps us to know God and relate to God as our Heavenly Father. God's Spirit helps us to pray, to seek God's blessing. God's Spirit transforms and changes us to be like Jesus. God's Spirit equips us to, with gifts in order to serve each other. God is blessing us by giving us his Holy Spirit and changing and transforming our lives and helping us to form a community of love together. And so we're urged to pray for the work of the Spirit in our lives, to pray for the Holy Spirit as a way of really centering in on the blessing that God gives to us. So listen to the teaching of Jesus, Luke chapter 11. Jesus says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, 
The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And what is Jesus doing here but really building on the same theme as this song, this psalm, saying, seek God's blessing. Seek God's blessing, which at its very core is the Spirit of God himself. Through Jesus and because of Jesus, we can pray for God's blessing in our life. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. When we ask God for things, when we ask for God's Spirit, while we pray in Jesus' name, because it's through Jesus who became a curse for us, that we can receive God's blessing. So the first application, I think, of this psalm is to be a person who is wanting to seek God's blessing by trusting in Jesus. The first step is to put our trust in Jesus Christ and call on him and trust in him. It's through believing in Jesus that a person can receive the blessing of God in their life. Secondly, we should be praying and seeking God's blessing for ourselves individually, but also collectively for our life together as a church. That in our prayers each week, in our personal prayers each day, we should continue to seek for God's blessing in our life. And really, there is no end to the things that you can ask God for and rely on him for. But it would be good to especially centre in on those things that God particularly promises to do for us, to give us his spirit, to work in our lives and transform us, to help us become people of love and self-giving service to others. That to pray for that transformation is to pray for God's richest blessing in our lives. And as we pray for God's blessing, we should do that so that other people might find out about God and also be saved. That our desire should be not just that we ourselves experience the blessing of God, but that other people would actually see that and want to find out more about what's going on there. One of the things that uh, sometimes we do is separate our own kind of personal enjoyment of relationship with God from the task of spreading the good news about Jesus. But I hope that you can see from this song that actually the two things go together, that the way that God has blessed you in your life is actually part of also the mission that we have in the world to help people find out about God. Because one of the things we're helping them find out is that God is good and that knowing him is good and that God blesses people who know him. That Christian faith is not just true, but it's good. And it's great to belong to God. Um, This year at Melbourne Uni, where I've worked with the Christian Union, uh, we have been blessed to see quite a number of people come to faith. And every couple of weeks, um, we've had someone coming and turning to God for the first time and putting their trust in Jesus. And it's been a wonderful thing and we've got to hear their stories 
And it's really interesting hearing their stories because some of them still talk about their story very much in terms of a search for truth. They're looking for what's true. They want to understand the truth about God and whether Jesus is real and alive. And when they come to discover that that is true, they become Christians and put their faith in Jesus. They become Christians because it's true. And I reckon that's, that's about half of them. But the other half tell their story in these terms and they say, I was looking for a way of life that worked and made sense. I was looking for, for blessing in my life. I was looking for an experience of God which actually helped me and made sense and was, not, was different from the kind of life that I was heading towards where I could, I could see that it was heading in destructive ways. And so they talk about discovering the goodness of God and how good it is to know God. And I think, look, both of these things are important and we don't want to give up on either of them, but we want to be able to actually say both. That you need to be able to talk about the truth about Jesus and the gospel and to speak to people about what God has been doing in your life, the experience of blessing that you have had from belonging to Jesus. That people need testimony and gospel. They need to hear that belonging to God is good. And it is good. Let's continue to pray for God's blessing, rich blessing in our life. Let's pray that people will see how good it is to belong to God and trust in him as well. Let's pray. We thank you again, Heavenly Father, for the Psalms and that you teach us how to pray. We ask that you would help us to keep seeking your blessing in our lives. Thank you that you are good and that it's great to belong to you. And we pray that uh, you would help us to not doubt that, but keep coming to you and seeking your blessing. We pray that as you bless each of us and as you bless our community of faith, that others would also want to know you and praise you because you are good. Amen.